Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. You know, the word, when the word goes out, when, when the word is preached, something happens. Did you know that? This isn't just a talk. This isn't a TED talk, right? There's something that happens when the word of God is taught and preached that will impact our lives. Amen? And, and there's occasion when the Holy Spirit has me say something that wasn't in my notes, and I have to write it down. Because it didn't come from me. It came from him, amen? So when you come, when you show up and you have your expector turned on that you're gonna receive something, you can pull stuff out of the speaker, of the preacher that wasn't necessarily even intended. Did you know that? It's called the anointing. It's the anointing. So it's important as church folks that we show up ready to hear, ready to receive because the measure in which you draw on that will be the measure in which it comes forth. That's how it works. And I can tell, I can tell. I've been doing this long enough, I can tell. When, when, when folks are just having a long week, right? And, and we're tired, right? I get it, we've all been there, right? But I'm telling you, Sunday mornings, man, you can get stuff from God you can't get Monday through Saturday. Amen. Right? And you can get stuff Monday through Saturday you can't get on Sunday mornings because we gotta spend some time with him. So I encourage you to, to pull on me, pull on some stuff, Right? Lean in. You know what that you know, expression is? Kind of leaning in like, oh, okay, God's talking to me. I'm hearing some stuff. It's called leaning in. You'll get stuff. Come on, teenagers. All of you, you'll get stuff. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I'm just grateful. It's not just dependent on me. It's the Holy Spirit working in me. Amen? So got a, got a series we're going to step into. We're going to wade into for a few weeks. Next week's our Christmas service. I told you about that. Next week is our Christmas service. It's designed to present Jesus to the lost, right? So you got people that want to come to church that wouldn't normally bring them because we'll present it in a way that will be appealing because God is good, amen? And Jesus is the one that he said, if we will lift him up, he will draw all men to himself and he will teach us how to be fishers of men. Did you know that? So come on, you bring somebody. But we're going to be in this uh, series for a few weeks, the subject of honor, the subject of honor. And I want to I pre-warn you on this subject. I'm going to say some things you're not going to like. I promise you. Matter of fact, if you stick around long enough in this church, uh, you will have marvelous opportunities to be offended. <laughs> you really will. But at Westside Church, we're unoffendable, right? Come on, let's say that out loud. I'm unoffendable. Because if you get into offense, you shut down the call of God in your life. You shut down anybody being able to speak into your life. Did you know that? Yeah. So we're unoffendable, Right? So you're going to have marvelous opportunities to be offended, I promise you. But that's because the Holy Spirit's working on you. He's talking to your heart. He's speaking to you, right? And you have an opportunity to shut that down and say, no, that's, that's not for me, or, or that was a little harsh, or that might have been a little, a little too firm. But the Lord chastens those he, whom he loves. Did you know that? That's a discipline. That's an action. And a lot of times that comes from the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Yay? So 
So we come with that heart of, Lord, teach me, show me, right? I don't, I don't want you to have to walk out those doors and just feel so good about yourself that there's nothing to work on for the week. I want you to leave encouraged and challenged at the same time. And it is possible, right? I'm never trying to beat anybody up from up here. I don't want you to be condemned. That's not the job of the preacher, right? The enemy is the condemner. The Holy Spirit's the convictor, and there's a difference. Condemning means you feel bad and you're ashamed, right? And, and you're no good. That's condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But when you're convicted, he's trying to teach you, this needs to be tweaked. This needs to be changed. This isn't right. You need to fix this in your life. It's different, amen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So the question is, can we be humble enough to hear what God is speaking to us and then make the adjustments? The subject of honor is not a milk subject. It is not a sippy cup, twist on the lid subject, right? There's some, there's some chewing that has to be done in the subject of honor. And the reason is, is it because it starts with, all honor starts with humility, you can't have honor, and you can't understand the subject of honor without humility. So I know I'm talking to a whole bunch of different folks, right? You're, we're on all different kinds of uh, places on the scale of where we're at in our walk with the Lord, growing up spiritually, right? Sometimes we've just stepped in to following Jesus, and sometimes we've been following him for a while. I understand that. I also understand that no matter who you are, you could get something out of this, right? So just lean in, amen? There's some things we need to do. All right, turn, to, turn with me to First Peter. First Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. First Peter chapter 2. If you're so inclined, I encourage you to bring the paper copy of your Bible. And the reason why is God will show you stuff while you're reading, and you can get that pen and that highlighter out, and you can mark in your Bible. Did you know that that's not sacrilegious? That is not against the rules. You can mark in your Bible. It helps you, remind you, when you go back to it, when you read it, oh, yeah, I remember what God said to me there. I've got notes in the margins of my Bible where God spoke to me, said some things to me. And when I go back and I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, I needed to hear that again. I needed to see that again. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, says this in the New King James, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. It's pretty straightforward, amen? Pretty straightforward. The Amplified Version, the classic, says, Show respect for all men, treat them honorably. That line alone obliterates racism. It obliterates it. It, ob it obliterates any kind of anti-anybody right there. Anti-anybody right there. Honor all people. You know, you can honor somebody and not agree with them. It's true. Still be respectful. Still be honorable. Show respect for all men. Treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood. The Christian fraternity of which Christ is the head. This is the Amplified. Reverence God. Honor the emperor. We don't have an emperor, right? Or a king. We have a president, right? We have a God. We have a governor, we have state representatives, amen? There's a whole bunch of people in our lives that we're to show honor to. And the very first line of that is honor all people. Come on, we're showing respect and honor to people. Why? Because they're made in the image and likeness of our creator. 
Yeah? So we've got we to recognize maybe we're not doing as good of a job. And I've I got to talk to myself, too. I mean, in this day and age, right, where we're at, what we're facing, politically speaking and all that kind of stuff, come on, we still have to show honor when we disagree. Man, is that hard to do, right? But there's a respectful way to disagree. There's an honorable way to disagree. We're sitting here today in an honorable disagreement of the provisions that have been passed down, the suggestions that have been passed down in our state for gathering, right? We can do that honoring. Do you know that? It's interesting to look just across the board. Come on, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm just trying to be real with you. It's interesting to look across the board at all the, the reasons why uh, Christians have kind of shut down getting together. They've shut it down. And you got to understand, we wouldn't even be in this country had our founding fathers not honored the king but disobeyed the orders. We wouldn't even be here. Yeah? They still did it with honor, but they rejected the rules. The American Revolution. That's how our country was founded. There's a way to do this honorably. Did you know that? So we've got to be careful what we say, what we post, how we post it, right? We can do it with honor and still be in disagreement. Did you know that? Are you guys okay? I told you you had marvelous opportunities to be offended. <laughs> so, so there's a way that Christians should behave and should act, right? That's honorable before God and still be okay with disagreeing. We honor each other. Parents, you honor, or excuse me, kids, you honor your parents. It's a great way to start. This is why parents are, are commanded by God to train up a child in the way they should go. Kids are always and consistently having to operate in humility. Why? Because parents get their way. And we should. Can I just be blunt? Like, we already did the kid thing. We submitted. Now, now we're adulting, right? The responsibility is on us, right? We're supposed to teach the kids how to follow suit, how to follow and be obedient and honor, even if they disagree, right? And I'm talking about parents doing godly things. Godly things, right? When we're told by our authorities that we can't do something biblically, we're said, you can't do that. And it's a biblically sound doctrine. We have a right, ne'er an obligation to cast off that and say, no, we're gonna follow God. Amen? So as parents, we have to make sure that when we're passing down rules and we're passing down requirements, that they're not ungodly requirements because we got to teach our kids to follow godly requirements, amen, and think for themselves so that when they're raised, they're grown, they can recognize what's right and wrong. They can see it from the truth of God's word and say, I can still show honor and not violate my conscience. I can still follow God, right? The gospel would not have been preached in the known world 
had the disciples followed all of the regulations and rules in each of the countries and cities. When they were beaten and thrown out of cities and villages, and what did they do? They went to the next one. And then they circled back and came to that one again. Why? Because they had a mandate from God. Yeah? So there's a way to do this honorably and still follow God. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of humility. Let's look at a few humility scriptures. Proverbs 15, verse 33. Proverbs 15. You guys doing okay? <laughs> man, oh man. We're going uh, to need to operate in this because, you know, we're stepping into a season where we're just going to have to operate in some honor. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 15. Who do we honor? We honor kids, honor parents. Come on, spouses, you honor each other. Employees, you honor your employers. There's a way to honor your employers. Did you know that? You're going to be told to do things by your employer that you don't want to do, that are not immoral or unethical. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. Hopefully not. But there are things you just don't want to do. And you've got to grab yourself by the bootstraps and decide how you're going to respond to those decisions that were passed down. Come on, I'm not talking about a moral dilemma. I'm just talking about stuff you don't want to do or that you don't feel is the right direction for the company. What are you going to do? Are you going to bristle up? Well, that's not right. That's not the way I would do it. Or... Are you going to listen? Yay. How about police officers? There's a good one. Just honoring police officers. I used to drive crazier than I drive now. Anybody else been there? Anybody still there? <laughs> I, I used to, I used to, I mean, I had a little two-door stick shift Acura Integra, and that baby, it would scoot. And I could move in and out of traffic, and I could easily do over the speed limit. So when I would drive like this consistently, I was constantly scanning for 5-0. The fuzz. I was always looking for police officers, right? Because you, you do. You're looking like, I got to change my behavior quickly, right? And so your, your physical reaction is different when you're pushing the boundaries or breaking the law than it is when you are not. Now, I have mellowed in this, this little extra stuff that's on my head and my face. I've mellowed in my years a little bit. But once in a while, I'll be just cruising along, and one will pop up. I'll see I'll, out of the corner of my eye. I will see the police officer, and there's this reaction you know, and you're checking everything. And I look down and I'm doing one under. I'm fine. Why are you reacting like this? Just calm down, right? Because for a long time it was, whoo, 10 hours too fast. Brakes, brakes, pump check. You know, I really did need to make that quick right turn and go the back way through the neighborhood to get to where I was going over there. <laughs> there were days, I'm telling you. There should be this visceral reaction that happens if we're breaking the law. There should be something that, right? But when you're doing right, you can wave as you go by. Yeah, thanks for doing your job. Right? Because you're good. You're good. There's something about honoring that authority. Come on, they're there for our benefit, right? To keep the peace, to protect the righteous to mete out justice on the wicked. They're there for our benefit. We should not be looking down on them, right? 
And just like any other profession, there are a rotten apple or two. Come on now. Just because you find a rotten pastor doesn't mean you quit church. Forever. Right? There's, you, you can fire your doctor. You can fire your mechanic. You can fire your accountant. There's some, there's some good ones and some bad ones. But that doesn't mean they're all bad. Thank you, Lord. Yet Proverbs 15. Look at verse 33. It says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. You cannot honor people unless you have humbled yourself. It takes humility to humble, your, you know, to, to submit yourself in honor to someone else. When we live in an age where people are like, man, I, nobody tells me what to do. I'm my own boss, right? They thumb their nose at all authority. Yeah, starts with the parents because parents don't make kids settle down and obey. Then it guess where it goes? It goes to the schools. And the teachers don't have the right or really the authority to do much discipline at all. And so because these kids aren't taught anything at home, they run roughshod at school, right? And it works all the way through school. And guess what? Ends up coming right to your job, right to your employers. And these kids that can't be taught anything, that aren't teachable, that aren't, aren't humble, they won't humble themselves, they won't honor anybody, they go from job to job to job. I mean, we are, we are living in a season right now where we are reaping some of the effects of the church not really standing up like it should have and honoring when we should have. We've unfortunately joined the crowd in screaming, this is unjust. God is the one that meets out justice. Before honor is humility. Humility. Proverbs 22, 4, or excuse me, 20, 18, 12. Proverbs 18, 12 says, Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 22, 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Come on, you can, you can attain to some things the right way. By being humble. God says he'll bring you riches and honor and life when we will humble ourselves in the fear of the Lord. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Amen? So we got to be humble enough to recognize I have not done this well. I, I, had, I had to look at myself and say I have not done this as well as I should. Right? You can disagree and still be honorable. And I want to be honorable. I want to honor God. And when you honor people that God has put in authority over you, you are honoring God. Yeah? So, you know, there's, there's scriptures. We're going to go through some of these. There's scriptures in the Bible that talk about honoring authorities and, and being submissive to authorities, right? And there's this gamut of discussion on that. Like, how far do you go in submitting to authorities that are unjust? And unright. Because the Bible says that God puts authorities in their place. Now, he's not the one causing them to act ungodly, but he's submitted the positions. He's the one that put people in their places. Israel wanted a king, and God said, you don't need a king. All you need is judges. 
He told him, just have judges. You don't need a king. It'll be better for you if you just have judges to, to figure out the squabbles and to make things right. Judges that are honorable, but they wanted a king. They begged God for a king. So God anointed Saul. And Saul did good for a while. But then Saul lost it. He fell out of favor with God. He did some wrong things. But even while Saul was being a knothead, David would not touch him. David had a lot of opportunity to wipe out the competition. David had been anointed king to replace Saul. He was already anointed. As soon as Saul's out of the way, David's king. And he could have expedited that process with multiple chances. Now, he didn't just roll over and let Saul kill him because that's what Saul was trying to do. He was trying to take him out. He fled, he hid, he fought when he needed to. He didn't just roll over, but he would not speak against the Lord's anointed and he would not take him. Matter of fact, even when he was just trying to prove a point and cut a little piece of his, his jacket off in the cave, Saul went in to use the cave. David was right there. He's, Saul is actively looking to kill David. And David was hiding in this cave and Saul didn't see him and he was able to cut a piece of his cloak off. And he said, see, you are within my hand and I didn't take your life. Even that act of cutting his cloth, that, that act, he considered it a sin because he dishonored his king. He put his hand out toward his king. When the things that we say and think and talk about some of our rulers, we need to check ourselves, me included. We need to check ourselves because God honors us when we honor authority. But that doesn't mean we just roll down and just take it, roll over and just take it, right? We still got to stand up for what's right, but we can do it in an honorable way. Turn to 1 Peter 5. You guys okay? Can you take a little bit more? 1 Peter 5. Or sorry, yeah, 1 Peter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's been good to us, hasn't he? Always helping us. He's always helping us. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Boy, that's big. Humble yourselves. You are not as big stuff as you think you are, right? And, and I want to I add this in. God says some things about you that you can agree with, right? He's made you kings and priests, sons and daughters. You're adopted. You're, you are sons and daughters of the living God, right? He's made you this way. So when you speak like that, you're not being arrogant or prideful. You're actually in humility agreeing with what God said about you. But this humility he's talking about is he's, he's saying, bring yourself to a place where you are submitted to authority so that you can hear and receive. Because there are things that will happen when you're honoring authority that will not happen when you are not. He says this, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? The know-it-alls. Come on, the people that are right all the time, (laughs) right? No, it's to the humble. He gives grace to the humble, and we need grace, amen? He resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. It is okay for you to say, I don't know. Let's practice. Let's all say this together, I don't know. I don't know. My kids ask me questions, and sometimes they're good. And I have to say, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Google it. 
I don't know. There's things I don't know, right? It's okay to say I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's humility. My sister-in-law, you could ask her anything. If she didn't know the answer, she would make it up. I'm like, that is not right. You are making that stuff up. And she could deadpan and go, oh, yeah, she would die on that ill. I'm like, are you serious? I don't think macaroni is that shape. I think it's the, no, I'm telling you, I was there. <laughs> okay. Don't die on those hills. That's crazy. Just say, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, verse 6, that he may exalt you in due time. Come on, if you humble yourself, he will exalt you in due time. Casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. There's a story uh, about this guy that was working in, a, in an insurance company. And he had done very well and moved himself up. He had... Um, done really well with clients. He had brought in new business. All of, the, all of his current clients loved him and praised him for the job that he had done. And he had worked his way toward a promotion, right? Anybody working your way toward another promotion? Come on, always, right? God's promoting people. So he's working toward this promotion and it comes available and it's between a couple of people. And when it comes down to the wire, everyone knows this guy is the most qualified for this job. But he didn't get it. He wasn't hired. So he comes to his pastor and his pastor just happened to teach a message that Sunday on honor. Now, he's got options. He has recourse in this, in this job, and this is why. The fellow that had worked his way, had earned the position, had gotten to the place where it was his promotion and everyone knew it, was a man of dark skin. And the guy that got it was not. And he's like, I'm, I'm set. I got the lawyer. This isn't right. This is unjust. All the backings behind me, all the proofs behind me. I got the lawyers ready to go. I'm starting the process on Monday. And then I come and hear this preacher, and he wrecks my plan. And now he comes to the pastor, and he goes, now I don't know what to do. And the pastor says, well, do you want to get it your way, or do you want to get it God's way? Because those are your two choices. And he's like, I'm committed to the Lord. I will do it his way. So Monday morning, instead of calling the lawyer, he went in and shook hands with the guy that got the job over him and said, I'm going to be your best employee. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get things done. And he worked. And in just a couple of months, come on, those things don't turn around by Tuesday sometimes. Did you know that? You know, by Friday, you're thinking, God, I've been good for five days. Something. Because if I got to come back Monday and do this again. You know, sometimes it's a few months. Sometimes it might be a year, but God's working because you have honored, amen? And the stuff in your life for that year and those few months were way better than if you'd gone a different route. Come on, the health and the peace and the joy, stuff you cannot purchase is activated in your life because you're handling it the right way. And it was a few months and he got a call from a competitor and they said, we're opening up another branch and we wanna hire you into this next position a position farther, and we paid attention because we have similar clients, and they, pray, they praise your work and your efforts. You've taken good care of them, and we want you on our team. And he told them, you know what? This is, where, this is home for me. This is the place where I've invested. This is the place where I am working, and, and after, the, after what God's called me to do, this, I, I'm happy where I'm at, and I'm going to just keep plugging away. I don't want to make a change. And they 
basically begged him to have lunch with them. And, and after just coercion, said, I'll have lunch with you. They had lunch with him, sat down with him, said, listen, we want you. You write down what you want to make and submit it to us. And then we'll get back together. You go, go, go home and think about it. So he did. He went home, talked to his wife. He said, I really don't want to leave. I like where I'm at. I like who I'm working with. We're making good money. God will promote me. It will happen. Talked to his wife. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write down a ridiculous salary figure just to get him off my case. So he did. He wrote down three times what he was making, and he was already making really, really good money. He'd worked his way up. Wrote down three times what he was already making, thinking this will just send him down the road for the next guy. Next lunch comes. They sit down. He's going to get this paper out and slide it over to him. Before he does, they slide their offer to him. They said, before you show us your offer, this is ours. It was four times what he was making. (laughs) Now, even as believers, come on now, we're not led by numbers. You still got to go, God, is this you, right? Or is this the riches of the wicked trying to pull me away from where I'm supposed to be? We got, as believers, we've got to ask God these questions. Come on now, don't be drawn by money. We're not led by money, we're led by the Spirit, right? So they took his shock looking at this letter as we might have undershot him. We, we need to do something else. He's just speechless looking at this. And they start throwing other benefits at him while he's sitting there in silence. You know, we can add to that benefit package. We can do some of this and some of this. We can pool this. We can give you more vacation. And all he's doing is just sitting there quiet. You know, sometimes you just got to just sit there quiet. Just shut up. Let God do some stuff, amen? He went home and prayed about it with his wife and got clear before the Lord. And the Lord said, this is how I honor people who honor me. This is from me. Take the job. Take the job. Four times what he was making. That's a nice promotion. Come on, if you can see that stuff three, four months down the road, it's a no-brainer right? When you don't get the spot. But God's not going to show you that stuff. He's going to look to see what your character's like. Because I guarantee you, if you don't humble yourself and honor somebody above you and do it in the right way, that promotion doesn't come. Come on, it's your heart. It's your attitude. It's what you're doing that allows God access to bring you something better. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Marvelous opportunities. Casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Come on, there's a, there's a resisting of the devil that can happen when you will honor God. If you don't honor God, you're lacking the ability to resist the enemy. You're falling into his trap, right? And we honor God by honoring people. You ever heard that old lie? Well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll honor God. I'll do what's right when such and such happens. When, when my ship comes in, I'll give into the church. When, when my health gets good, I'll start doing this for the Lord. When, I mean... Come on now, it's happened. People have missed the mission field. They've missed the calling of God in their lives because they're always waiting for something to happen. God isn't asking you to wait for it all to line up for you to step out. He's asking us to be obedient, to honor him when it doesn't look like 
it's going to be possible. He said, it's possible. Come on, it's not, it's not always going to line up, but we honor God by obeying him. And when we do that, he gives us the ability then to resist the enemy. Because he's looking for whom he may devour. Come on, you can be a great Christian and be struggling in this area, and the enemy is eating your lunch and popping the bag. My, my goal as a believer is to close every door, every avenue the enemy has access to me or my family. Close every door. Amen? And that's why we're learning and we're growing and we're, we're being instructed by the word of God because there are areas in our life we are just unaware the window's open. We're unaware that we've left the door open for the enemy to come in and just rob us blind in an area. Did you know that? And there's a whole group of Christians, whole group of people that think God's teaching them something by this. And what they don't understand is that they have opened the door because the enemy roars, about, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for opportunity. So this is just one avenue. This is just one thing we're learning and growing in. Lord, help me to be, show honor. I do not want access to the enemy in my life at all. Are you with me on that? I mean, come on now. I don't want him access at all. I love that he's on the outside looking in, man. I love it. Because all he is is a big kitty cat just trying to roar like a lion. He's got nothing on us. Don't leave the window open. Don't leave the door cracked. Close those things down. Listen to the Spirit of God in your life. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I've been stopped by the police officers a few times. And I've not always handled it the best. But I'll say this, that when you are respectful and courteous and even apologetic, you're going to get a lot more grace and mercy than when you're bristled right when they get to the window. I got stopped one time, and I was convinced that they gunned the guy in front of me because I was going the speed limit. And they got me for 10 over. And I'm like, there's no way I was going 10 over. That guy passed me and was bombing ahead of me, right? And I, so I'm, I'm pleading my case. Would have been better to just relax. Just ask for mercy rather than just... And it worked out. It all worked out. It was fine. Still got a ticket. <laughs> it all worked out. But there have been other times I had grace and mercy because of how, how I responded. Yeah? Thank you, Lord. Let's look at one more example. Can we do that? Acts 23, 1 through 5. It's 10.01. You've been in church for an hour and a minute. Everybody doing okay? <laughs> Nobody sweating? All right. Acts 23. Acts 23. <laughs> oh, Jesus is helping us. Another preacher I was listening to, he, he was telling his story about getting pulled over. And uh, on his way to work, he goes through a school zone. And in the summertime, there's no school zone. The lights aren't flashing, you can do 35. But when the lights are flashing, it's 20. And they're serious about 20 miles an hour in a school zone. Have you noticed? The fines are stiff, right? So you best be going slow when you go through a school zone. But he was in a hurry. School had just come back into session. The lights were flashing, didn't see them, 31 and a 20. That's a, it's a stout ticket to be doing over 10 in a school zone. 
So when, he come, when the officer comes to the window, immediately, immediately he's like, I am, I am so sorry for speeding. I was, I was not paying attention. This is my neighborhood. I should have known better. I didn't see the flashing lights. School just got back. It was my fault. I'm guilty. I will receive any ticket you need to give me, but I just wanted you to know that I'm apologetic. Whatever you need to do, I will, I will take it. And, and the officer went from the gruff license and registration to a totally different demeanor. Handled the whole interchange fine, did not give him a ticket, gave him a warning, said, have a nice day. And he even yelled out the window, aren't you going to give me a ticket? <laughs> like, I'm guilty, you know? And he's like, have a nice day. I mean, those aren't the people that he's after, right? And we have to understand with police officers, man, they are, they have to be on edge. Do you know that? I mean, especially today. And if you're thinking that a police officer is not going to profile based on who they're talking to and who they're walking up to, you are kidding yourselves. Because this is fight for life for them, right? They have to come from the position of this could end ugly. This, this stop could end ugly. They're going to profile. I'm telling you, they are going to profile who they come up to. This is human nature. This is not something you're going to root out with legislation or protest. It's not going to happen because they their plan is to go home alive, and if that requires them to take in a whole situation and understand statistically a beat-up car is more likely to cause you problems than a nice one, you're going to be more cautious with the beat-up car. This is not rocket science. This is human behavior, right? Have you guys ever ended up in a bad neighborhood? Well, why are you calling that a bad neighborhood? Rotten people. Who says it's a bad neighborhood? You look around. You just observe and you pay more attention, right? So we can't get on them for doing this. We want them to live. We want them to go home to their families, amen? amen. And so how you respond and treat an officer is gonna be reciprocal to you, right? If the first words out of the mouth when they get to the window are cuss words, they're gonna handle you differently. Realize I'm not talking to y'all, right? This is your rascal relatives I'm talking about. <laughs> Those people, right? But if, if you're courteous and kind and look at them and come on now, there's a different interaction that's gonna happen regardless of who they are. I mean, you're going to get a different reaction. So this is who we're called to be. Come on now. Not to expect other people to change. We have to change us. Right? just felt like I needed to say that. Okay. Acts 23, verse 1. Paul looking earnestly. Now, this is Paul, right? He just, he just got arrested, and he just, he's, being, he, he's being brought before the religious council because he's preaching Jesus, right? And they want him to stop, and he's not gonna stop, but they're bringing him before him. And Paul looked earnestly at the council and said, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. And then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, for you sit and judge to judge me according to the law. Do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? And those who stood by Paul said, do you revile God's high priest? And then Paul immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Come on, he immediately, he said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. He recognized right away he'd made a mistake. And even though he was right, he humbled himself and became penitent, right? Even though the guy was wrong, even though it was contrary to the law, Paul was right in what he said, but how he reviled was not. You can honor people without agreeing with them. 
Immediately, he said, I didn't know. I didn't know. The word says, I shall not speak evil of God's high priest. Come on, this is just another example. Paul was right, but he needed to show honor anyway. Right? That's God's anointing. It's a position of power and authority. God's put some things in there. Now, not all people in authority are going to act godly. We are seeing that today. Right? That doesn't change the way we honor, because honor is more about you than it is about them. When we honor people, it's about our heart and our attitude than it is how they're acting. Because over and over in Scripture, and we're going to see this over the next few weeks, over and over in Scripture, we see men and women of faith acting honorably toward an authority that is not being honorable. Because your honor has nothing to do with whether they're honorable or not. Yay? And it takes some humility to receive this. It takes some humility to go, I need to, I need to shut my mouth and I need, I need to do some right things. Right? You can, you can be, you can even be in protest and still be honorable. Yeah? Yeah. That's right. We're doing it right now. Peaceably protesting and doing it honorably. Right? <clears throat> We love people. That's the church's heartbeat, man. We love people. We don't want anybody to go to hell. It, hell wasn't designed for people. It was never meant for human beings. We got to love people, amen? But we got to do it in an honorable way. We got to show honor. Still do what's right, but show honor. And then operate and recognize that honor only comes through humility. Everybody good? Let me pray for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.